It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week, it's time for Parents' Day with Stay Tuned and Mom and Dad Save the World. God, you know, I bet nobody gets all the jokes in Stay Tuned anymore. Those kind of parodies don't age that well. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod, or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the midnight drive-in at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Uh, so the very first horror hound ever, we went and we saw that uh, Jeff Fahey was going to be there. And I believe he was on Lost at the time. So I was just like, oh, sweet. Like, Jeff Fahey's going to be there. Just not not someone I'd ever had a chance to run into before. Then about halfway through the weekend, I realized, like, I haven't seen Jeff Fahey at all. Where's Jeff Fahey at? And I asked somebody who knew, like, the guy that ran the convention. And he's like, oh, you didn't hear? And I was like, no. It's like apparently on the first day of the convention, uh, he didn't have blue Sharpies at his table. So he like freaked out and threw a big old tantrum and they had to throw him out of the hotel. That's awesome. (laughs) That's like over blue Sharpies. Like, yeah, he was like, he almost like threw his table, like turned his table over because he was so mad. How dare they not? carefully fulfill every note in his contract I'm I'm sure that someone could just be like yeah we'll have someone run out and get you some blue sharpies it won't be that big of a deal or you just use black ones like a human being yeah just say Jeff Jeff Fahey's great and all that but could you imagine Jeff Fahey trying to think that being Jeff Fahey gives him some kind of sway to get away with that kind of shit yeah, he's not nearly famous enough to pull that, is he? He's like, I'm the motherfucking lawnmower man, bitch. I'm just saying, people barely tolerate Tom Savini being an asshole, and he's like a fucking legend. <laughs> yeah, he already, he already screwed up last week. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but I know that halfway through one of my sentences, an ad kicked in when I was re-listening to the podcast. So it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> 
it's literally me saying half a half a sentence then a mcdonald's commercial and then the rest of my oh my god i didn't listen to that if they started jamming ads in the fucking middle instead of hold on in the end there's a reason uh so through our other podcasts challenged uh we've been offered a spreaker prime account which basically means we get free podcasting hosting which normally it was like $50 a month I think uh, so we get it free but now we have to run a mid show break I tried to go in and place it better apparently I did not yeah it was it was the last sentence before the break so it was pretty clear that it was supposed to happen ah. at the break but see I thought I had clicked far enough apparently I had not it, it, I, I'm sure we'll get it all worked out eventually. Yeah. But just, in, just in time for us to start hating each other and storming <laughs> off the show. Well, damn, damn your success on your other show, <laughs> generating revenue but causing shitty ad breaks in the middle of shit. <laughs> but, it is hilarious to me that like McDonald's advertises on our show because it's like it's so weird that this like giant corporation is like we gotta reach those 150 people I had a, I had a, they're, all, they're all losers in the basements fucking complaining about movies they must want junk food I had a friend like message me he's like you guys are sponsored by Toyota now I'm impressed and I was like oh yeah don't be impressed that's just uh, <laughs> that's just something our hosting like threw a random commercial on the front of it but the good news is, um, if either one of you ever want to do your own spinoff podcast, uh, you have free podcast hosting to it's make it dope. much easier. So just keep that in mind. I mean, at least we don't have to do something like The Dollop, which I love that podcast. But, you know, they have to do like fucking 15 minutes ads at the beginning of every show. And it's yeah. just about yeah. enough to make fucking but, throw phones but the, the, other, the other side of that is when they're done their podcast they don't have to get up and go to work the next day because that's what they do <laughs> right I'll read 15 minutes of ads if that's all I have to do well at least yeah. it, at least I feel like they're honest too about the fact that they're shilling and they're not as bad as somebody like Aaron Makey's podcast which mm. are 20 minute podcasts and it's 15 minutes advertising there is no fucking show it is just ads and then him going I'm Aaron Mankey, and this is me making money. <laughs> I love MailChimp. If you want me to email you, I would do that too. If you want me to email you about lore, sign up for MailChimp. Jesus fuck! I yeah. used to love that podcast. I, I I don't even subscribe to it anymore. I was like, no, fuck this. I just I can't I can't do it. I think I dropped it even before it even got really bad. Yeah, there's got to be, there has to be some kind of fucking ratio of show to advertisement. Like, there has to be. The dollop, yeah, the dollop does 10 to 15 minutes ads at the beginning, but it's typically like an hour, hour and a half long podcast, so I can tolerate that. His Mm. is 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the good thing for, for all of our stuff. We just have to have one at the beginning, one in the middle, and one at the end. So, that's like a minute 30 total. That's not horrible. See. I really wish I knew which uh, advertisements they were going to be so that I could do awkward uh, lead-ins to them. 
Well, it's it wouldn't work because every time it gets downloaded, it's a different ad. Yeah. So some one person may get like three certain ads, and then th- someone else will get three different ones. Yeah, I've literally, I've literally downloaded our podcast through two different apps before, and it had two different sets of ads, and it weirded me out. <laughs> You're like, how does that work? Yeah, I've downloaded, uh, like I've downloaded, because Tim's, Tim, one of my co-hosts, has his own podcast called Internet Freak Show, which covers just weird internet mysteries that will randomly pop up, and uh, I downloaded his new episode, and there was an ad for the television station that I work in the building with. I'm like, this is weird. Like, I know the people that are talking in this ad. That would creep me out. (laughs) So it would be like if you downloaded something and you heard Anthony doing an ad over top of your podcast. Sometimes when I'm just walking around, I just accidentally hear Anthony doing an ad. He's still working at your office? Oh, yeah. Talked to him today. Hmm. Tried to. I'm thinking about buying a new streaming device, so I tried to get a straight answer from him about, uh, you know, what he uses and what mm-hmm. he thought uh, I, I should get. And it's a. Uh, it was a pretty roundabout. Well, I'm looking for a much much cheaper options that are just for streaming movies. The cheap little Roku. That's mm-hmm. probably what I'm getting. Uh. Do you have? Oh, you don't have Amazon Fire up there, do you? Uh, I think you, yeah, I think you can get a Fire Stick up here. Because I think you can uh, get one of those for like twenty five bucks. It's like nothing. Yeah, the Roku's and those are about the same price. Yeah. Um, but what I've found is that Roku has Shout Factory apparently has a free channel on Roku, mm-hmm. and I want to see that. So that's how I yeah. made that decision. <laughs> At which point I will get it, load up that channel, and find out that all those movies are available through a bunch of other apps. But whatever. Yeah, but but they're but they're going to be streaming uh, Chopping Mall for twenty four hours on Black Friday. So yeah, but I'm super cheap. So instead of going out and buying a Roku today, I emailed the link to my girlfriend and told her when my parents inevitably come to you and ask, "What do I want for Christmas?" (laughs) Just. Forward them this. Forward them this, and then please go buy it for them so they don't screw it up because they're not really technologically savvy. <laughs> we got you a I'm Roka. Sure you guys, I'm sure you guys talked about the old Disney Plus last week. I haven't listened to that episode yet, but uh, yeah, what uh, have you been D- watching? Disney Plus is consuming my life. Yeah, it's problematic. There's a I, if you look at the list, there's a number of Disney Plus movies added to it and that is simply because if they weren't on there, I wouldn't watch the movies that are on the list. I would just start watching <laughs> Disney Plus movies. You know, I, couldn't, I couldn't give two shits less about the movies that are on there. It's all the fucking old cartoon series. Yeah. No, it's... I haven't gotten into old cartoon series yet because there was still mm-hmm. a new cartoon series that I wanted to watch. <laughs> it's yeah, a problem. It's, it's, it's there's, the, there's too we've officially hit too much content I'm probably going to have to think about getting rid of a streaming service mm. like it's 
there was I was going to say there was a run in the 90s where Marvel was doing these cartoon series and they and they all basically only did one season with the exception of Spider-Man and X-Men which went fucking forever but mm-hmm. but you know they did like Silver Surfer, Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Fantastic Four, fucking just just shit tons of them and I'm like oh yeah and they're all so good I don't know why they all didn't go multiple seasons it's also the original MCU a lot of them do crossover mm-hmm. with like the actors from the different shows showing up and everything so Good, good luck if you go down that rabbit hole. You're gonna have to watch all of them. Yeah. the fu- The funny thing is the thing the the thing I always remembered about the uh, the X Men series from the '90s was the fact that the episodes carried over. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like it was uh, serialized instead of episodic, like most kids shows are. And then wh- what I didn't remember is they were all like that. Yeah. Maybe with the exception, well, with the exception of Spider-Man, kind of. Spider Spider-Man was more of like a villain of the week, but but it did have carryover stuff. Yeah, it was. It it, it was kind of the uh, the the mixture. The, I, I don't want to say it, but it's kind of what Buffy did, where they would have the Monster of the Week <laughs> episodes, but it's, they would still have the through storyline, which is really. It's really impressive some of those cartoons that they managed to do that. Even like I've tried to watch a few and they don't all hold up particularly well in my opinion, but it's impressive what they were trying to do and it's impressive how much they were able to just take like issues of the comics and put them on your TV screen. I was going to say X- X-Men doesn't just hold up. It's still fucking awesome. Got it. That's the one I remember watching the most back then. So that's the one I got to revisit. The voice acting, the voice acting's a little uh, off-putting for some reason, because I feel like it was very '90s-esque voices. I don't. What it what it is is it's before voice acting became the art that it is, right? Right. That's really probably where Batman the Animated Series changed everything, where it became like hire good actors, get them in there to do actual good performances, rather than just hire guys who will read the lines into a microphone yeah but the fa- I, I think it's just the fact that they had the balls in a kids show to kill off a main character in the second episode <laughs> and, and then have the next four seasons deal with a bunch of the characters trying to deal with the fact that he died yeah like it's intense you're like yeah that's, see that's a way to do a kids show let it like challenge kids you know so have you uh, jerked off to Rogue yet? Yeah, that's I'm, not, I'm not sure if that was an appropriate <laughs> question. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a good way to kick off our Jeffrey Jones episode. <laughs> You're sitting there going, yeah, 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 Jubilee, no! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so as, uh, as Doug alluded to, we weirdly have a Jeffrey Jones episode that was not intentional, at least on my part. I don't remember who put these movies on the list. I, I put them on the list. Here's right. the problem. I just I just picked them both because they were both like quirky eighties yeah. uh comedy, non comedy kind of movies. And if if you take any of those, any of those from the eighties or early nineties, and you just throw a dart at a dartboard 
Jeffrey Jones is in that fucking movie. <laughs> he was in every movie. It's true. Yeah. Now, I was hoping we could avoid the more controversial topics um, regarding that actor, but the problem is, in the middle of Stay Tuned, he starts making comments that make it impossible <laughs> to ignore. <laughs> Uh, I've never seen uh, Mom and Dad Save the World. For some reason, like, I remember seeing the trailer and stuff. For some reason, I thought John Lovitz was the dad in it. So I didn't even know Jeffrey Jones was in this movie until, like, we started, like, getting ready for it. And then I was like, wait, what? We're doing Jeffrey Jones week? either one until you put up, like, the little thing coming soon. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh... So weirdly enough, we're doing two Jeffrey Jones movies where the mother and the father go on an extraordinary adventure and end up appreciating each other much more once they're done. Exactly. Yeah. Very wholesome. <laughs> and, and and both while their their children are suspiciously just allowed to run amok. <laughs> Well, it was 92 technically, but it was sort of the 80s, so... Oh yeah, both movies from 92 as well. We'll we'll talk about it. I mean, stay tuned. It's kind of excused because of the setup for it. Yeah. But Mom and Dad saved the world. They don't even check on him. They're just like, pack the shit up, fuck that kid. (laughs) Fuck that kid. He survived Terminator 2, he can survive this. Yeah. I was a little worried. I'm like, how old is he in this movie? Probably not a good idea for him to be that close to Jeffrey Jones. Yeah, it's probably good they got Jeffrey Jones away from him. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> they had to get him that off planet. Let, let's assume that, that in the uh, in the original script that that was a very tight, close father-son relationship where they're all always hugging and shit. Then they got on set and they're like, let's pretend the kid's going through a skater phase and he doesn't want to be around his parents. <laughs> All right, well, Noah, since we're talking about it, why don't we get into Mom and Dad Save the World? Uh, so Mom and Dad Save the World is about uh, uh, a mom and dad, obviously, who mm-hmm. are like the most stereotypical parents that have ever been parents. You know what I mean? You've got mm-hmm. the dad who just kind of grumbles and makes dad noises and the mom with the mom haircut in the the mom cat shirts and shit sadly <laughs> played by it. terry gar at first i was really like oh man she looks yeah she looks like a horrible mom in this luckily right. later they, they they make her look a little bit better right uh they are abducted by a ming-esque ruler of a distant planet only in this case it's john levitt's who is the let's, Emperor Todd Spengo? Let's be careful about what we're saying about Ming when you refer to this guy as Ming. <laughs> Poor Ming. Well, I mean that's what he is. He's he's a, he's just shitty Ming. That's right. All right, shitty Ming is fine. He's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, well, I mean, I, th- I think clear. that's supposed to. I'm, I think that's supposed to be the entire joke of the movie is that he's shitty Ming. Oh, oh this movie's supposed to have jokes in it. All right. Oh. Oh, man. Uh, so, basically, it's a planet full of idiots with a weird sub-race where all the males are bulldog people and all the women are fish people. <laughs> Which, 
which begs a lot of questions that I don't want answered because that sounds terrifying. Yeah, I was happily assuming those were two separate species until they started intermarrying, and then I'm like, I guess not. Yeah, yeah but their children aren't like aren't like a combinations of their species. Like the the girls come out as fish, and the boys come out as dogs. It's very strange. Yeah. Well, and it's weird too because the the fish ones, it's just their head is a fish and their body is a human body, mm. but the dog ones, their whole body is a dog body. So it's very very different. It's very strange. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but basically the planet is uh, completely populated by idiots. Uh, one of the nice things is that uh, we get Eric Idle in there, not for much of the movie, but having Eric Idle in anything is pretty awesome. Yeah. Doug and was confused by. I, I did not know why he's in this movie. I'm grateful he was in this movie. His performance is actually great. Like, you can tell he's full-on putting effort into this little scene that he gets but i think i read funny. somewhere that like one of the writers or maybe the director was friends with john cleese so maybe that was that was the connection maybe and we <laughs> also have the obligatory we have the obligatory wallace sean cameo <laughs> naturally he was fantastic uh, but I mean that's the entire movie basically it's just a bunch of 90% of the jokes are just that everyone on this planet's really fucking stupid well yeah. the the driving force is John Lovitz wants to marry Terry Gar. yeah marry Terry Gar and blow up the world Yeah. stop taunting me with your lusty gyrations Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, Doug, what did you yeah. think of this movie? Uh, I didn't think a lot of this movie. No. It, it, it had its moments. Um, Eric Idle is the highlight of that. But, um... Really? It, it, I just, John Lovitz, at best, is a Saturday Night Live actor. He cannot carry a movie. I don't think Jeffrey Jones can carry a movie either. You've got a movie that stars the two of them. I just don't find either of them they don't have the energy necessary to be the lead in a movie mm. well guess either what either one of them make acceptable background players well guess what Doug this movie is what caused John Lovitz to not be a Saturday Night Live actor really I had read that uh, they were supposed to shoot this movie over the summer because apparently this was shot in 1990 and then didn't come out till 92 Okay. Uh, it was supposed to be shot of the summer and production, like the schedule just kept getting pushed and pushed. And then it turns out that the shooting was going to overlap SNL for like two weeks. And apparently Lauren Michaels felt like being a huge dick and was just like, no, either you can't have two weeks off. You either show up and do SNL or you stay and do your shitty movie. And so John Lovitz basically was like, I'm going to stay and do my shitty movie. All right. Well, he made the wrong choice. See, what's <laughs> ironic about that is if they could have worked together, I think this movie as a recurring Saturday Night Live skit might be quite funny, right? Like five minutes of every guest actor has to show up and interact with this planet of stupid people might be funny. <laughs> but, you know, whatever, an hour and a half of it was just... I, like I say, there were there were individual moments that I thought were quite funny, um, but overall it was just 
camp is very, very hard to pull off. And if, if you don't nail it, it ends up getting hard to watch. Mm. I, I would say the difference between, so you've got, um, this is one of those movies that's basically, you know, it's just supposed to be funny moment followed by funny moment. And you have movies that do that really, really well. Something like Airplane, right? That you just cackle like a fucking crazy person through the entire movie. Yeah. And this one, it's not like it's not funny, but it's more like instead of cackling like a madman, you're just kind of like snickering through the whole movie. Like, hee hee hee, that's pretty funny. And then hee hee hee. Yeah, like there are a number of moments that elicit that type of a response. And, you, and I think you're right. Like, in order to buy into something this stupid, you have to just be laughing the whole time and not care about how stupid it is. But if you're not, if you're not gut, gut laughing at it, then it's you start to think about how dumb the thing you're watching is. Does that make sense? Right. No. And I, and I think I'm with you on it. I just don't think I would. I would never call this a bad movie because it's supposed to be a silly comedy and I think it, it does silly comedy so I would call it like a Midland comedy movie if you just want something to snicker at that's weird and, and ridiculous this is a great movie to watch I was going to say did you at least enjoy the special effects and stuff oh not really no <laughs> okay um, no and I, and I thought I, there was another movie where we had this same discussion um trying to think it's one of the one of the weeks when tony was on we talked about a movie terror vision terror vision that's the one mm-hmm. where i'm like i i don't think the special effects in this movie are necessarily bad i don't like the decisions they made for the aesthetics of this world like i just mm-hmm. didn't and, and, you know I, I i didn't enjoy that now that's obviously just a matter of opinion so somebody else can maybe you did enjoy it but uh mm-hmm. it, it was uh for, for me, I just, like, when they got to that planet, I was just like, Ooh, something better happen. And nothing really happened. Like, Jeffrey Jones had a also... wedding to stop. Come on, Doug, don't say nothing happened. Okay, Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I mean, like, actual funny, funny moments. Like I say, the Eric Idle stuff, when they're in that cell and he's chained up and he's so dumb that he forgets when he's talking and when he's not that was pretty funny um the moment when when jeffrey jones yeah when jeffrey jones meets his kid out in the desert and uh he uh he the kids are all like they're wearing these giant bird helmets and they're like we wear these so we won't be recognized and he's like my god you have birds this big on your planet and they're like no it's like, well, then why would anyone believe your real birds when you wear these? And they all just simultaneously, like, turn and look at each other, and they all take their helmets off all sad. <laughs> like, that moment made me genuinely laugh. I, like, I it's, thought that was great. It's pretty good. I'll die, the light grenade, not not the continuing bit of them all dying, because they could have just, like, skipped that to one cut and it would have been funnier instead of doing it like yeah. five times but the second not the first guy but the second guy is the funniest one where he's like everyone be careful there's a light grenade and they're like we can't see it and he goes it's right here and he picks it up <laughs> <laughs> see 
that sounds funnier when you say it than it was in the movie. Cause there's a recurring joke in this movie too that I I don't know why it didn't work for me because I feel like it should have, which is like there's all these little signs to tell people what to do and they're very very specific and then when you do them they kill you. So there's like like the light grenade in, is the example of like this will kill you if you pick it up and it's like well why would anyone pick that up? And he turns it and it says pick me up on it and it's like <laughs> fiendish, isn't it? <laughs> it's like that should be funny to me. But I think maybe because it was just so later into the movie that I had kind of checked out a little bit, I didn't laugh at it. Because that's basically the same joke when he's uh, Jeffrey Jones is in the spaceship flying around and he wants to eject. And he's like, the light is flashing and it says, you know, jump out quickly or something. And he's like, I know, but I can't find the eject button. And then that's the button you have to push. Like, that should be funny. But... <laughs> Like, I recognize that that's a joke. It's just, I think maybe because I, it's the kind of joke that if I was already laughing, I would continue laughing at more so than one that'll get me started laughing. Does that make any sense? No, I get it. And I think there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of stuff in this movie too that like I find very, very funny, but I could see exactly why somebody else would not find it funny. Like the whole Todd Spango and it, with his like weird alopecia or whatever, <laughs> where he's constantly putting on fake eyebrows and fake beards and wigs and shit. And I don't know why, but that's so fucking funny to me. And I totally get why other people would think that's funny. I see that that's a joke where I think because I don't really like John Lovitz, I feel that maybe that's why I, I don't find that funny. If it was somebody I liked more, I might enjoy that. Ouch. Shots fired, John Lovitz. I was going to say, see, and I fucking love John Lovitz, so maybe that's why I find it funny. The scene the scene with the mutton chops where he's like, mutton chops are goatee. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, fucking okay. love that scene. So I feel like I fall kind of in between where I didn't like love this movie, but I didn't hate it either. And it got a couple laughs out of me. I feel like if I would have saw this when I was a kid, I would have a big old nostalgia feel about this yeah. movie. Yeah. I, th- I think there's probably some truth to that. Mm-hmm. So what do you love about it, Noah? Uh, I, I think I've pretty much listed all those things. I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've, I personally find John Levitz to be very fucking funny all the time. And once again, I get why other people don't think he's funny, but but I certainly do. And this movie's just nothing but John Lovitz doing weird, dumb shit. <laughs> Him trying to poke his fat back into his stomach. <laughs> it's just delightful. Uh, I, I think Doug's right about Jeffrey Jones not being able to carry a movie. Jeffrey Jones is a very good supporting actor. But yeah, you try to put him in the lead on anything and you're just kind of like, okay, well, I'd rather you be the principal at Ferris, you know? Yeah. Like, he, he's actually quite good in the next movie we're going to talk about when we get there, but it's here, I think it was just too much of him. And right. he had he had too much to do. Like, at mm-hmm. one point, he's supposed to, like, be the idea, because he's they're kind of doing the idiocracy thing where this average guy is like super smart on this planet of idiots and he's supposed to come up with this plan to help these other guys invade the castle and take it back from John Lovitz and everything and it's like well none of that is interesting to me to watch 
I'm just like, thank God Kathy Ireland's here, so I have something to enjoy about these scenes. <laughs> uh, her ending up being the love of Wallace Shawn, I think, is one of the greatest decisions ever. I really like, I'll tell you what, I really like his scene, too, where they, they strap the guy into the, the mind melt machine or whatever, where it's reading off his thoughts, and Wally Shaw's just verbatim reading every thought going through the guy's head. <laughs> He's like, I want to punch the guy, but if I punch him, someone will punch me! <laughs> <laughs> See, that was, that was actually a funny moment, and that's Again, Wallace Shawn's a guy. You bring him in, you give him his little cameo. You let him do that thing that he knows how to do. And everyone has a good time with it. Yeah. I would say Jeffrey Jones... So so as far as maybe the he might be lacking in that, that uh, potent charisma department, but I think what he does do very well is kind of like physical comedy. And, and all of those gags, him making funny faces and that kind of stuff's really funny. Or like him stuffed in a Wallace Shawn sized fucking uniform walking through that fucking building's really funny. Yeah, I don't know if I'd use the term really funny, but I see I understand that it's a joke and that it isn't technically humorous. So uh saying that Jeffrey Jones has too much to do in this movie, I would say is correct. Uh, the unfortunate thing is I feel like they did not use Terry Gar to her full potential and she did not have nearly enough to do in this movie True. did you not think they should have spent some time with her like she should have been freaking out when she met all those space dogs and space fish mm-hmm. and then you could have like there's got to be humor there there's got to be I don't I'm assuming she could handle this acting load of just like panicking and then learning to become friends with them and making it all funny and then you had because by the end when she's like leaving and she's promising never to make tuna casserole again and stuff that should have been like a gradual thing right she should have got there been panicking and freaking out but she's handing her camera to a dog as soon as they get to the planet and asking it to take pictures of her oh see I actually thought that was funny because that is a great weird mom joke where that's all your fucking mom cares about is getting fucking pictures and stuff (laughs) I guess. Yeah. But I like I just think the idea of like if she was like running around all petrified like her and Jeffrey Jones and then like they separate and then when he meets up back with her again now she's friends with all these aliens. That to me is kind of funny and he could be all confused about it and do some of those facial expressions that you like. Mm. But yeah. Like yeah. I said, I I call it a fair to Midland. This is a fair fair to Midland movie. So if if you are looking for something funny that you don't need to be super invested in, this is probably a good one. <laughs> it's like the weakest recommendation any movie's ever gotten, <laughs> and it's from Noah, who's usually like so adamant about things. Well, I just know. So this one, I, I, with especially with comedies, you have to be real fucking careful giving hard recommendations on stuff because it's it's so fucking subjective. Oh, I agree, yeah. Like, I find this movie funny enough that I've watched it several times. But, <laughs> I don't know how many other people have seen it more than once or twice. And I think what Brian said is probably key. If you saw it for the first time in 92 and you have some nostalgia for it and stuff, that might help. 
but for me, it's like I'm just watching it, and I, like, the whole time I'm wondering, like, why? So like the, the the kids getting left home alone, and like Jeffrey Jones is supposed to be this typical dad, but we're not even gonna bother to write the really obvious jokes about how he's trying to keep the, because like the older brother from Blossom isn't is fucking hanging out with the daughter, and they just <laughs> leave them alone at the house together, and they're like, what, whatever, fifteen maybe, and I'm like, I don't think you leave your 15 year old daughter at home alone with her boyfriend for the weekend do you i don't don't know maybe if you're jeffrey jones and there's cameras in the house (laughs) god damn it (laughs) guess i walked into that one yeah i did think that was weird i think that's what uh stay tuned actually has more going for it is we sort of are equally checking with the parents and with the kids like they're all part of the story Whereas yeah. this, as soon as they leave the house, like, there's no checking back in until the very end of the movie when they come back home. No, like, they, the younger son, like, rides off on his skateboard, and for all we know, he was gone all weekend, too. And when he, like, when, <laughs> when they get home and he comes riding back up on a skateboard, like, that could be the first time he's seen that house since they left. <laughs> and it's, I found it all very strange. The stuff like that where I'm just like, if you're trying to set them up as this typical family, have them do the typical family stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, anything else? I will say the the biggest mistake this movie made, and mm. I'm not even sure if it was intentional or if it's just a coincidence, but there are multiple references to vacation in it. Mm-hmm. You notice they're driving the station wagon with all the stuff loaded on the roof, and then you see Jeffrey Jones like trouncing through the desert looking for help he looks just like Chevy Chase coming over those sand dunes and I'm like dude don't remind me of vacation while I'm watching this movie (laughs) (laughs) don't draw to my attention how much more I'd rather be watching that other movie because it's it's, you're not going to win that battle there's going to be very few people who prefer this to vacation (laughs) so uh, I'm not again I'm not even sure if that was intentional but it when you notice multiple things like that, I started to go, I wonder if there's other things I missed. Mm-hmm. I mean, odds are one of those two boys in the opening scenes played Rusty at some point. Most actors in the 80s and 90s did. <laughs> uh, so a weird thing that's on IMDb, which is probably not true. Well, I'm not even going to say probably. It's, it, there's no way let's it could assume, be true. Let's assume it's true. Uh, well, it says this is an unofficial sequel to My Stepmother is an Alien. <laughs> and so I'm like, no way that's true. that doesn't make any sense. They, no chance. They no literally chance. have nothing in common. No. I was even looking like, is it like a, uh, like a, they have a writer in common or something? And they're like, well, I thought maybe they did a movie where, uh, you know, the the family flies off to uh, the stepmom's home planet. So I thought maybe, like, they reworked an old script or something. But no, there's literally nothing in common. Are there... <clears throat> like, are there actors that cross over? No. It, it's, just, it's just a lie that's on the IMDb for some reason. That's weird. That's a weird thing that John Lovitz did was sneak in and put that on IMDb to try, get, try to make this film seem better. <laughs> try to tie this into my, to a better movie so it get better reviews. Uh, need some of that Aykroyd money. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. Well, Doug, why don't you tell us about... Stay tuned. All right. Stay tuned. Also from 92, uh, the one and only John Ritter plays a TV-obsessed couch potato. Mm-hmm. And uh, right around the same time that his... Uh, his wife is ready to leave him for watching too much TV, which is such a weird 80s thing to have happen in a movie. <laughs> um, the devil shows up and offers to sell him a new TV set and satellite system on a free trial. And the big twist is that the husband and wife get sucked into the satellite dish where they are basically put on the devil's own TV network, which is... Uh, a series of shows that are all parodies of real shows but altered to seem like they are from hell and uh, they basically if they can manage to survive for 24 hours then they get out but if not their souls belong to the devil and uh, you know all their kids are at home trying to figure out where the fuck they went and every now and again they get to turn on the TV and see mom and dad in funny situations True. of course at the end at the end you know the big life lesson is don't watch so much TV. Mm-hmm. Get out and live life. Yeah. I I can point out the, the biggest flaw of this entire movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and that is, if you did not live through the appropriate era of references, you will yep. not get any of the fucking jokes in this movie. <laughs> like, have, have you guys, did, have you either, does either one of you have, like, IMDB or Wikipedia or something open with the list of references in it. <laughs> it's just, it's the longest list of references yeah. everywhere. <laughs> it is like, and I mean, some of them are very good. Some of them are less funny. You know, the exercisist was one that kind of made me laugh in the moment, but I'm thinking, yeah, you, you just had to be around at the right time. <laughs> uh, sadistic hidden videos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> drive, driving over Miss Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> three men and Rosemary's baby. <laughs> yeah. was, three men and Rosemary's baby. When that baby pukes out at those guys, and I'm like, that's funny. Dwayne's underworld. Uh, which I read, they had actually gotten a hold of Mike Myers and Dana Carvey to see if they wanted to do a cameo. Oh uh, my god! But apparently, they were actually filming the first Wayne's World movie, so they didn't have time to come over and do it. That's really funny. The dude doing Mike Myers does not do a good job, but no. the dude doing uh, Dana Carvey does a really good impression where you're almost like, is that Dana Carvey? <laughs> See, I actually think the guy that did Mike Myers did well as well. I I mean, I knew it wasn't him, but... <laughs> well, I'm just... What... I, I made the mistake of calling up the list now and I'm staring at it yeah. and just chuckling. I'm like, yeah. remember, Meet the Mansons was my favorite because it was just <laughs> that special level of clever where it was like, you had to know that, that that was the Manson family and stuff. It was just one of the smarter jokes in the movie. <laughs> uh, my Three Sons of Bitches is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one that made me laugh and I don't know why it made me laugh was 30-something to life where it's just the... <laughs> Right. Just the guys sitting around having that really soap opera y like conversation, but in a jail cell. Uh, I liked uh, different strokes, where it's just people having different <laughs> kinds of strokes. <laughs> They're just complaining about their symptoms. My left side's gone numb. <laughs> uh, 
uh, we didn't really get to see anything, but the home shoplifting channel was pretty fantastic. It's a great idea. That's one of those ones where they, that's the other thing this movie, I think, gets right, is those ones that are just good ideas, but I don't know what you would ever do with that idea. That's fine. We'll just have that flash up for a second. Some of them are just during the credits at the end, like somebody's flipping through the channels. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got Beverly Hills 90666. Uh, that was just a graphic. It didn't really go anywhere. I love Lucifer, but I would totally watch a movie called The Golden Ghouls. uh murder she likes uh facts of life support which is just like fuck uh fresh prince of darkness and uh maybe one of my favorites uh was david dukes of hazard yeah (laughs) is it weird that fresh prince of darkness I, I know what they're going for, but instead my my head is blending together the film of Prince of Darkness with no, Frank Prince of Blair. So all I'm seeing is Alice Cooper dressed up like Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny joke. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the the parodies in this are done super well and super fantastic. Yeah, I, I like not, the way they. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you can go ahead. I was going to say it's not exactly like this one's a plot-heavy movie or anything. No, they're just so stuck in a TV, <laughs> jumping yeah, between yeah, shows, just gag after gag, and uh, he, John Ritter's John Ritter, so he's so fucking pleasant. You can't help oh. but like anything he does. His performance is always like so fantastic. Like when they get to the wrestling portion of it. And he's just standing in the ring. He's like, oh, don't worry about everything I know. His wrestling is completely fake. And then he gets, like, punched in the back, and he's just like, <laughs> I th- I th- really thought the best joke of the whole thing is at the end, whenever he gets a hold of the remote, and he's, like, hopping from channel to channel to channel really fast, and it's always this horrible stuff. And then finally he jumps into one, and it's literally just Three's Company. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing <laughs> weird about it. About it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just Three's Company, and they come walking in, they're like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, <laughs> so good yeah and I think part of what makes this movie I because uh, spoiler alert I really like this movie mm-hmm. um, what I did I, I think it's John Ritter right like he's just so oh, good course. he's just so likable and his physical comedy is is laugh out loud funny and then he's got a great supporting cast like like we said Jeffrey Jones is doing the supporting role as like the devil's programming advisor or whatever the hell he's called and it's like yeah that's a perfect role for Jeffrey Jones and Eugene mm-hmm. Levy is great in this movie playing like he plays like the guy that he uh, he worked for the devil but he made the wrong statement and he got thrown into the shows and so he ends up just he's following along through all these different channels but the whole time he keeps getting more and more beat up I love the the line of dialogue where he's like those wolves were so stupid all I had to do was let them gnaw on a couple of my limbs and the rest of me could just escape and he's so proud of himself oh yeah we forgot about that one northern overexposure <laughs> yeah just people yeah, like, getting frostbit and eaten by wolves yeah again if you 
weren't alive and watching television when all of these shows were on. I don't know what the hell any of these would mean to you. I'm sure these aren't funny jokes if you weren't, you know, 1992 is the year I graduated elementary school. It's pretty much perfect for this <laughs> age, for this movie, right? Oh, of course. Because <clears throat> I don't think I've seen this movie since it was new. And yet, when I started watching it, I could like, oh, this is going to be the part where they turn into a cartoon. Oh, this is the wrestling. Like, I started remembering everything. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Captain Lou is in this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. Fucking, I, I pointed that out, and nobody was happy. <laughs> the lady friend was in the room and stuff. I was like, oh, shit, it's Lou Cabano. And she's like, am I supposed to know who that is? <laughs> no. He's <laughs> in the Girls Just Want to Have Fun video. Is that no? Goodies are good enough. Damn it. The wrestling manager. He was Andre the Giant's manager for a little while. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the cartoon segment is fantastic. They got Chuck Jones to do it. That's fascinating to me that Chuck Jones just came in and did that. Which I read uh, that he started working on that like eight months before they even started filming the movie. Well, animation takes a lot longer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, yeah, it, it makes sense. I just love that he's just like, well, hopefully this lines up with their attitudes for the rest of the movie. But, of course, he's Chuck Jones, so it works perfectly. Yeah. Well, and part of the beauty of this film is that it doesn't have to line up, right? Like, it, hmm. you're, the characters are jumping from scene to scene, so everything can just be different. I was going to say, the other thing I do not like about the movie is I don't like the uh, the addition of the a, a super intelligent hacker son for no fucking reason. Like, <laughs> that part was super weird, and it, it leads to my one like big question about the movie, which is like, who the fuck is this movie for? Because that hacker kid, sure, in a, in a kid's like Disney movie of the week, that character makes sense. But in an actual movie that people are paying to see in theaters, you can't have a kid who just knows how to just... He just flips, like, three switches and moves his G.I. Joe out of the way, and all of a sudden he's now connected to the satellite and stuff. So that's the weird element of this movie, where it's like, I don't know who the audience for this movie is supposed to be. Like, it's it's weird. Well, and that's probably why it wasn't a very big success. Yeah. <laughs> We're chowing to it. People weren't ready for dokes with his fucking weird ass haircut. <laughs> That's yeah, so fucking that weird. Weirded me out. I think I literally think he showed surprise, up on he showed up on screen and literally out loud all I said was surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I like I had it took me a minute, eh, because the hair, I guess, and like I had to like, like I know that actor and I have to figure it out. So I'm like <laughs> IMDBing it while I watch. I'm like, oh shit, it's Dokes. Now I have to rewatch all of Dexter. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Even though Dokes was only in the first two seasons. Yeah, but I'm not gonna watch two seasons and then stop. Well, you can at least watch up to four, and then you can stop. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, cl I'm gonna claim I'll watch the first four, but then the ending of four will be so good that I won't be able to stop. <laughs> and then eventually I'll be mad at the writers again. It's it's a vicious cycle. There's no way around it. Uh, so some of the weird trivia about this movie. Uh, I don't have any details, but it says based on a story that aired on Unsolved Mysteries. What? 
<laughs> so did somebody get like a new satellite set up and then they just mysteriously disappeared and nobody knows why? But I feel like that's probably what it is. Or there was like a, maybe a, a theory of a serial killer who went door to door selling satellites or something. <laughs> For some reason, there was an episode of Unsolved Mysteries that was about John Ritter getting in a fist fight with a cable installer. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, apparently, also, Tim Burton was offered to direct this movie, but he turned it down to make Batman Returns instead. That'd be really interesting. Mm. I, had, like, I had read that as well, and I'm like, oh my god, like, that's... Uh... I, not not to get down on the person who directed this movie who I care who the fuck is Peter Hines but yeah but if Tim Burton directed this movie at that time this movie would have been a giant success yes yeah. now it would have been very different and I think right. like you know famously Tim Burton doesn't like to use existing scripts right so he would have shown up and changed a lot and it's hard to know whether that would have worked or not Hmm. Uh, and then where was it I just missed one oh apparently on the name board in the control room in hell there's an office office message saying to remember that Tuesday is Saddam Hussein appreciation day (laughs) (laughs) I have to rewatch this movie again so I can pick up that joke (laughs) uh yeah, so I found out I don't think I've actually seen this movie it, the entire way through. Like, I remembered a lot of it. But there's, like, the uh, weird French Revolution segment. I did not remember. And pretty much anything, like, past that, I didn't really have a memory about unless it was in the the trailer. Oh, really? So, at some point I must have watched this and then stopped and then never watched the rest of it. Like, the biggest memories I had were definitely the cartoon segment. Um, mm. But I'm not. Oh, the cartoon segment, and I definitely remembered him showing up on Freeze Company. Like, mm. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's kinda, in the trailer. That's kinda, the, the, entire, the entire Dwayne's Underworld thing, for some reason, is the thing that sticks in my head. Just because, <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe it's because I saw Wayne's World a million times, and them doing the jokes of, extreme close-up, and like hitting him in the face with the camera, and then let's do the extreme close-up with a red-hot poker in the eye! <laughs> uh, yeah, when we decided to do this movie, I've, I'm like, oh man, I've been meaning to pick that up on Blu-ray, and I haven't yet, so it was a good excuse for me to grab it. So now I can just pop it in whenever. And I think it's it is just a fun light movie that you can just it's weird because the the humor in it is quite dark with all the you know hmm. with the you know, but it's also you can just kind of go with it go with the flow you'll laugh a lot if when the different references pop up <laughs> they seem to do just enough of them at a, at any given time like when the kid is flipping through the channels at home there's just enough of those references where you're like okay that's enough of just doing a joke and then moving on back to our story (laughs) and I mean as we've mentioned pretty much any time John Ritter's on camera he's just fantastic like his performance in this is awesome maybe one of the flaws is at the beginning of the movie you're supposed to be like he's supposed to be kind of like 
the bad spouse. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's that it's possible to dislike John Ritter. So <laughs> I will say this, I think the the whole there's two major problems with the movie that kind of bugged me. One is just that like the, the structure of the film doesn't really make any sense. Like it should be that they jump into this like what should happen is they get sucked into this thing she's all mad at him he uses his knowledge of TV to save the day time and time again mm-hmm. and then at the end she should use her knowledge of some TV show that he doesn't know about to save the day and it ought to be about them coming back out it coming together that way right and instead mm-hmm. at the beginning it keeps being her that saves the day and I'm like, well, that's kind of backwards because she's not the one that watches all the TV shows, so she shouldn't know. She shouldn't be the one that knows how anything works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, I didn't care because as long as it was funny, I, I, it didn't bother me. But it just seemed illogical. Again, like this, that seems that part seems to write itself. So just do it. Yeah, that's a good point. So I don't know, and then that's just me being overly analytical of a. Uh, slapstick comedy movie but whatever <laughs> the other the other major problem with this has you're not going to like this part of the conversation Brian Uh-oh. but the biggest part the biggest problem with this movie is that they're trying to make John Ritter oh, that he's the bad guy he ignores his wife and watches TV he ignores his wife and watches TV mm-hmm. and then she comes in and says you need to turn off the TV we need to have a conversation right this second and he says there's four minutes and 16 seconds left in this game we'll talk when it's over and she won't leave him alone at that moment everything flips now she's the bad fucking guy that is a live sports event that is a live sports event there's four minutes left to go and it's a basketball game if anybody knows anything about basketball the last like four minutes are all that counts the rest of the game is just almost always very very close and then the last four minutes is when you decide who wins I so, do believe he also said they were in quadruple overtime, so he'd probably been watching that for a long time. Yeah, just let him finish his fucking game. The game is on now. The game can't, you can't watch that game later. That's not how it works. Let him finish his game, and then you can sit him down and have a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Had they yeah. done that, and then he refused because he started watching something else, that would be a whole different story. No, I'm with you on that. So. I've been to like family events where, like, you know, some like my cousins like complaining about her husband. She's like, "Yeah, I'm trying to talk to him, and he's like got the game on, and you know, I'm saying stuff, and he's just like looking around me at the screen, and he's not even paying attention to what I'm saying." And, I, and in my head, I'm just like, "That's because you're talking in the middle of a sporting event. Like, that's really fucking stupid." Yeah. Ask him those questions afterwards. Again, it's it's not a movie. You can't pause it. It's it's a live sporting mm-hmm. event. It's it's happening now. <laughs> No. There, there are even commercials. Those are a thing. <laughs> yeah. True. Hmm. Uh, does anybody have any favorite parts? Um, geez, it's hard to say because I, I like a lot of this movie. Um, How do we feel about Salt and Pepper showing up in the in, a, in an actual music video in the middle of the movie? That is so fu- it, it, it's almost too much in, in a movie <laughs> that thrives on too much. It, I, I feel it like, goes on a little. Why long. are they dancing? Like why why are they dancing though? I get why all the other people are dancing. It's a music video, but <laughs> but they don't have to dance. <laughs> 
because they just when you when you feel the beat, you just have to dance, and that's all there is to it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel that that scene went on a little too long. Um, that's probably part of like just trying to maybe the deal of getting Salt and Pepper to show up is that they you have to play the whole song or whatever. But it's a. Uh, I felt that they could have done that a little less, but it was, and it's also one of those jokes. I think that maybe just was probably a lot funnier in 92 than it is now Mm -hmm. back when people sat and watched music videos and back when, you know, salt and pepper existed. Ouch. Shots fired at salt and pepper. Jesus. Well, they don't play this. They played the Decatur celebration last year. What? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. I assumed that. I <laughs> know oh, it was. It was unfortunate. <laughs> I I just assumed that they had gone their separate ways, and, or they were, you know, somewhere happily retired together and just living off their '90s money. <laughs> and I realized they were still trying to do it. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's pretty much they just play nostalgia shows now. It's pretty much all it is. Yeah, but that's. I don't know, we're on a bit of a tangent here, but that seems like it's like if you're like a singer or songwriter and you're just going out there with your guitar and strumming along and chatting with the audience, it seems like those guys can just keep doing it forever. But when you're mm-hmm. doing up there doing like the dances and stuff and it's all like none of it works if you're not doing the big dance number and routine. So are they still traveling with like a dance troupe? Is that dance <laughs> troupe all like I don't know. I I just said they played the Decatur Celebration. I didn't say I went to fucking see them. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm just I don't know if you guys that. can tell by my voice, but I'm not exactly a salt and pepper fan. That's not but my come thing. Come on. Salt and pepper, though. You didn't want to see them sing Push It? No. No. Oh. Again, I may have wanted to see that in 1992. <laughs> But. You're telling me. So, like, around here, Vanilla Ice came to town. And I didn't go. And I kicked myself for not going. In 2009, I was in Vegas, and Vanilla Ice was playing. And we had already bought tickets to, like, go see a comedian or something. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where I'm like... I- I really want to just tear up these tickets and get tickets to see Vanilla Ice instead. <laughs> but I'm like, I can't. Like... It- like if these tickets had been comped or even if they were part of a package but I just I specifically bought these tickets and I just didn't know Vanilla Ice would be playing at the same time <laughs> I'm so upset about it uh, uh, alright well anything else before we move on No, I mean, I think the movie is very, very funny. Mm. I, if you, it, you have to be, you have to like John Ritter because he's really the focal point. But I don't know how you could not like John Ritter. So that's a guy that I don't think gets nearly enough respect for mm. how good he was at what he did. Yeah, like, you, that's what I posted on Facebook. Like, I don't think we appreciated John Ritter enough when he was with us. Uh, uh. It, it's sort of weird that there aren't like. Um, he didn't become like a like not Tom Hanks now, but what Tom Hanks was in the '80s and early '90s, where he, when he was doing all those comedies, like John Ritter should have been doing that as well because he could have easily carried any of those movies that Tom Hanks did. He could have been in the Burbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought the funny thing is he always seemed to. I think it it might have been like either him or his agent 
didn't seem to have much foresight because they did really good jobs of putting him in stuff that made him like a household name kind of person, but yeah. not stuff that made him a superstar. Yeah, I don't know. But who knows? Like, for all I know, he just liked getting home at five every night and didn't want to jobs that forced him to travel the world to film in different places or whatever so I don't I don't know that much about John Ritter I feel like he's got sort of like the Bob Paxton or Bob the Bill Paxton thing where there's a movie on and you're like well I don't know I don't really want to watch this but then you see Bill Paxton's name pop up or John Ritter's and suddenly your interest goes up by like 95%. Yeah, that's true. Of course, it heavily depends what the, what kind of movie it is, which one of those guys you want to see. So. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Alright, so what did everybody watch since last week? Oh man, watched a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, uh, it's gone. I was gonna say, I know it took a week off. Here we go. Jesus. Uh, so I'm, I've decided to set the the lady friend down and catch her up on all the uh, Marvel movies since we have Disney Plus. Oh, and, and just just one or two movies a month. It'll take a long time, but we'll get her caught up. Uh, so we we've, we've only done Iron Man so far. Uh. And rewatching it, man, it was so good. Mm-hmm. When I was gonna do my rewatch before uh, in game, uh, I remember thinking, like, man, this is way better than I remember it being. And I remember it being good, but it just ended up being like a lot better than I remembered. Yeah, yeah the I, only I was gonna say the only thing I didn't remember is Robert Downey Jr. looking so haggardy in it something about like he looks unclean like, like he hasn't washed his hair in a, in a year or something I don't know what it is well, I think it was the fact then. that he, he didn't wash his hair in the year leading up to that filming of that movie like that's probably what it was yeah I almost watched Iron Man and I haven't watched it yet because I know once I watch it that's it there I go <laughs> 22 movie commitment yeah and there's like a couple that aren't on there so like when I get to them I'd have to get up and leave because I guess the they're on Netflix oh shit you're right every every one of them that's not on Disney Plus is on Netflix yeah but I don't currently have a streaming device this is what we were talking about before we recorded today I don't currently have a streaming device that does both fix it uh 
so yeah so rewatch that I, I the other thing is why the fuck didn't John Favre direct more movies in the MCU cause uh he got kinda pissed at him after uh cause he wanted to wait a little bit before he did Iron Man 2 and they kinda forced him to do it sooner if he was gonna do it so oh. he, he just kinda burned himself out through it that's doing, doing him so quick that's weird especially since uh you know uh happy keeps showing up in all the other movies you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah yeah but i mean i, I, I don't a... i don't think he was like pissed like fuck marvel i'm never doing this again it's just he had to do two of them like pretty quick like back to back because i think he was supposed to do avengers originally and then he is just like i just don't know if i could do this anymore but you know kept showing up for for the happy role and then went and made some of his own personal movies like what was that movie chef or whatever and then uh then came back uh and did like what lion king or jungle book or whatever the fuck he's doing now yeah yeah he he likes to do different things too he's an artist type right yeah he's always seems to always have a tv show that he's hosting even though <laughs> they're not ones that are widely watched <laughs> yeah i used to love dinner for five that was the one i used to i used to actually watch a lot mm-hmm. i've even gone back now and watched old episodes on youtube where i'm like it's dumb because they're all the people are there promoting something that they're you know, clearly they were promoting it in the late 90s so mm-hmm. I don't know why I need to watch that now but I still enjoy the conversations it's like a precursor to podcasting mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah so I watched that uh, I've been re-watching uh, the Muppets the mm-hmm. uh, specifically the, the TV show that they did kind of in the style of The Office mm-hmm Man, it was like it was so good. It and people were so pissed off about it. Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, I get that it was a little more adult and stuff, but I think that was the point that it was for people who were into the Muppets as kids wanting to see mm. Muppet stuff, you know. The only thing that weirded me out about that is that was the first time they started removing the uh the arm bars from you know the puppet part of it oh yeah it just kind of of weirded me out I'm just like something's wrong the puppet is moving its arms on its own I don't like it yeah I feel like they shouldn't mess with the Muppets they shouldn't shouldn't even make new ones just use the old puppets get them out of the (laughs) clean them up a little bit (laughs) it's like stuffings are falling out and shit that's fine. That's how you know it's authentic. It'll end up looking like, uh, oh, fuck, what's the name? Do you remember the name of the zombie puppet movie, Brian? You guys played it at one of the... Uh... Puppet Monster Massacre? No, 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 no. It was called, like, something Heights. <laughs> oh, there? yeah. Something with an M, but I don't remember what it is, yeah. God damn it. I wish I could remember that because I would recommend that to everybody. That that's a fucking great movie. <laughs> uh, so, been rewatching that. 
I started rewatching X Men, which we were talking kind of at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. It's real good. It's it's it's. I think it's actually better than I remember it being. Because mm. I think as a child, I did not appreciate what a fucking amazing thing that was that I was seeing on TV. Now, have you looked up the correct order to watch the episode starting after like to it? You you know there's a literally like two episodes that are out of order. That's it. Like everybody's throwing mm. a big fit. It's I don't two know, the, the list I saw had a bunch of episodes that are even playing in the wrong season. I don't know. Maybe I'll worry about it whenever I get up to those seasons, but yeah. I'm just not I mean, what am I going to do? Spoil a fucking cartoon that I saw fucking 35 years ago? (laughs) Who gives gives a fuck? People need to chill out. I mean, of all the things with Disney Plus, that's the thing that people are pissed off about? Like, really? How how about the fact that it keeps not tracking the episodes you fucking watched, so every fucking time you have to scroll through and figure out which episode you were on on the show? Or I don't know if other people are having this problem, but I do it on Xbox. And if you let autoplay roll through, it like crashes, and then you can't watch the next episode. <laughs> hmm. That drives me fucking insane. Yeah. Even if sometimes if you exit out, shut off the app, and go back in, it'll let you watch that next episode. But sometimes it won't. So you have to go watch a different show because if you try to go back and watch the same show, it'll be like this service isn't working right now. Goddamn fucking Disney's Disney's lucky it's only seven dollars a month. If I was paying like fifteen dollars a month, I would actually be really, really pissed off. But for for that it's just a mild annoyance. Hmm. Okay, this list does only list two uh two episodes being out of order. I swear there was a right. list that I saw that had like at least six or seven of them that were Yeah, it's just not it's just not a big deal it's just a couple things uh and then in betwixt those i've been re-watching the silver surfer cartoon as well because silver surfers was kind of my favorite hmm. and, and it's it's still really good as long as you like silver surfer comics i get it wasn't very popular and i get why it wasn't because if you don't like silver surfer comics mm-hmm. it seems weird it's a lot of a silver dude floating through space giving long internal monologues <laughs> like i understand why people don't like that but i do yeah i don't remember i don't think i watched it when it was on i was definitely it's way for- more into uh x-men and spider-man yeah, it's I'm, like I said, it's real good, especially if you if you like Silver Surfer stuff. It's great. Like, it's it's Silver Surfer and Pip the Troll going through space, having adventures. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Uh, so that that one's a huge recommend too. Uh, then I've I've been watching the Jeff Goldblum TV series, the the mm. World According to Jeff Goldblum, which apparently mm. is already going to be done because. He said something mildly irritating to a bunch of fucking neckbeards, so they threw a bitch bed in Disney. <laughs> Decided not to do any more. Oh, uh, didn't he defend Woody Allen or something? I think he said he all all he said is that he would work with Woody Allen. Yeah, if, if Woody Allen was making another movie and somebody asked him to be in it, he would consider it. 
That's it. That's that's all he said. And people are like, oh, the son of a bitch, you know, and it's like, fuck, fuck you guys. Like, <laughs> I mean, take that. Listen, Woody, what Woody Allen did was gross. Right. The stuff that I, I should say, the stuff that they that is a fact him marrying his like not in which it's even a misstatement people always say it was his adopted daughter which is not true it was his girlfriend's adopted daughter from a different mm. marriage yeah and that is gross but it's that's it that's the end of it it's just gross and then the rest of the stuff is unproven in which people need to fucking just get used to that like if mm-hmm. if you can't convict a guy and if you can't prove anything, what what are you going to do in his career based on a rumor? They could do that with anybody. That would mean anybody gets accused of anything ever. We have to stop doing movies with that person, and which would mean there would be no more movies because all you'd have to do is get one angry, pissed off weirdo accusing you of something, and it's done. But who yeah. gives a fuck? But it's yeah. it's an entertaining show. It's whimsical. Because it's Jeff Goldblum, and he is a weird pixie of a human being that just. <laughs> have you guys watched it yet? Uh, it is on my list to watch, but I have not gotten to it. Yeah, it is. It's fascinating. Episode one is about sneakers, and episode two is about ice cream. <laughs> In the sneaker, the sneaker episode was a really good introduction because it's all about. Not not just about like tennis shoes, but about people who like collect them and stuff. Like people who are super into like Jordans and shit like that. They go to these swap meets and spend a bajillion dollars on a shoe. And but it's it's a topic that I would find wholly uninteresting until Jeff Goldblum gets involved. <laughs> <laughs> and now all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? I could get into. <laughs> Maybe I should go buy Air Jordans. <laughs> Mm, yeah yeah it's definitely a show that within pretty much just about anybody else on the planet i wouldn't be that interested but suddenly jeff goldblum's going to do all this i'm definitely like way more interested than i feel like i should be right and it's just him and it's it's almost jeff goldblum doing like a nick cajun style thing because Mm -hmm. it's it's Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So he's he's really enhancing the Goldblum. <laughs> he's he's more Jeff Goldblum than he is in normal life. I don't know. It's hard to describe. I just remember showing Amanda the trailer when it first came out, and I'm like, "This is a show I think you're going to absolutely love." And Jeff Goldblum came on the screen, and I'm like, "It's just him traveling around the world doing stuff." And she just looked at me, and she's like fuck right (laughs) right Uh, and then of course I've been watching the Mandalorian Mandalorian. it's so fucking good (laughs) yeah well would you guys want to save that discussion for the end so that we can uh, I'm sure we've all seen it but we can uh... sure yeah I'll do a little little spoiler free bit that is some genre bashing genius that fucking they're doing with that show. <laughs> I just I, I the, the level the deep deep level of of nerd bullshit that they hit me with with that show is really really. <laughs> they like pressed all my buttons. I was like, oh <laughs> oh, they got all of them. 
<laughs> now I have to, this show is now my life. Uh, so yeah. Um, and then what? I, I know I watched other shit too. Oh, uh, we watched the the Lady and the Tramp live action fucking uh, Disney locking in their fucking IP on something for another hundred years bullshit. Yeah, it's okay. Mm. I mean, I I would say if you want to watch Lady and the Tramp, why don't you just fucking watch Lady? Yeah. <laughs> so I was never super into the original, so I'm not really super and really excited about it. this one I like most I like most of the Disney cartoons so uh and I think that's it right. I definitely didn't go see Dr. Sleep you motherfucker <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> people, people are so mad whenever you're like yeah I didn't go see it and they're like it's failing and I'm like yeah but that doesn't I, mean I have to go see it. My ticket's not going to save it. Right. We'll get to that. Doug, what did you watch? Um. Well, you'll regret asking this. I watched the giant spider movie. <laughs> uh, itsy bitsy. Gross. So, uh, plot. The plot line is that a family moves into a new home, and there's a giant spider there, which spends most of the movie kind of. It's very Michael Myers-like. It's just lurking, watching them, waiting for its opportunity to strike, and then they have to fight it. Uh, I had a great time watching this movie. I recommend everyone except Brian watch it. It was just super fun. Just there's a, There is a backstory. We understand why there's a giant spider, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but none of that really matters. The just, nuclear you know, radiation? No. Is it no. a demon spider? Uh, Yeah-ish. It's like a curse thing honestly I didn't even pay attention I don't care it's like a curse thing it's a demon thing so. I, was so, I was so disgusted I walked away that's reasonable but yeah I mean the, the movie literally ends with like it's like a mom and her kids move into this house and she's the nurse for this old man and the old man is the cause of the giant spider and then the movie like literally ends with the mom and the spider fighting it out so if that's not something you want to see, you shouldn't watch this movie, but it's something I want to see. Gross. Was, was the curse caused by the bad reviews for Eight-Legged Freaks and, like, David Arquette's weird disembodied uh, spirit vengeance ghost came and possessed a new spider? <laughs> he's not even dead. I know he's not. I said disembodied. <laughs> <laughs> that implies there's a body. Like, all you really did there was get eight-legged freaks added to the list for the next time Brian's not on the show. Oh, damn. damn it. I love that movie. Yeah, I know. This movie is nowhere near that level of camp. It's much more along the lines of, like, a, like again, it's giant spiders stalking people. Like, you can compare it to something like a child's play or something where there's just, you're getting POV shots from the spider and, you, you know, look it out from under the bed as the people's legs are there and stuff. Yeah, and I it's super fun yeah like it's it's weird because it's it's one of those movies like it's fun but it's not there's nothing comedic about it it's not a lighthearted film it's just fun because it's a giant spider like and they're like oh I think there's something in the attic and you're like that's the spider I know what's up there and there's like a cat and they're like hey where'd that cat go and it's like I know where that cat went I have a bad habit for some reason I like I like animal 
like murder movies, but for some reason I always end up missing them. Like I never went and saw Crawl either, and I really want to see Crawl. Crawl was super fun. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm sure I talked about it on the show when it came out, but it was. I mean, it was another one. It, it made no goddamn sense. It's like alligators, like hunting and people and shit. And you're like, that's not how it works. But look at them. Look at some new people showing up. Bay. They get eaten. There it is. They're getting eaten. Like they're so fun. So yeah, Itsy Bitsy was great. Um, calm down. I'm not making you watch it. <laughs> I almost put it on the list, and then I'm like, no, I'll just watch it by myself. Uh, and then, for reasons that even I don't understand, I decided to rewatch the 1998 teen horror film Disturbing Behavior. Mm-hmm. Starring, like, a cast that is, I can't get over. It's like James Marsden, Katie Holmes, Nick Stahl, Catherine Isabel, fucking. Uh, who else is in it? I don't know. There's a couple other recognizable faces in it, and I'm just like, holy shit. Maybe that's why I rewatched it. <laughs> um, so I don't think I've seen it since it first came out on DVD, like right after it came out. Yeah, I don't think most people have seen it since then. Um, I, don't, I don't remember liking it. So, because here's the thing about this movie is like, I thought all the teen angst stuff was going to like annoy me as an adult watching it <laughs> and I'm like you know it's just a bunch of teenagers complaining about it's basically the Stepford Wives but with teenagers um, and I thought like all oh, that's just going to be a bunch of like you should let kids rock out man and I thought that, that it would get annoying but it really doesn't what gets annoying is that someone came along and chopped up this movie into all these weird parts and clearly like it I ended up watching, like, uh, the Good Bad Flicks breakdown of it on YouTube, and they break down, like, how many times this movie was recut, and it's so obvious that the movie was just, just has stuff pulled right out of it. So you've got, like, this janitor character played by William Sadler, who's, like, he's really good in the role, but the whole thing is he's, like, kind of playing dumb, and everyone thinks he's an idiot, but he's actually quite intelligent, and so, uh, he knows a lot more than anybody thinks he knows about what's going on in this town and stuff. But none of that matters in the final cut of the movie. I'm sure somewhere in some script or something like him, you know, being revealed to be much smarter than everyone thinks he is matters, but it doesn't. Um, You know, you've got this weird scene where like some of the teenagers go across the river to the next town and go to like an insane asylum and they sneak in and they find like the one guidance counselor guy's daughter living there and it's like it's almost inconsequential plot wise but it's it's executed so well that you're like like it's a really good scene of these kids like creeping around this insane asylum and all these like crazy people around and stuff and you're like obviously the director knew what he was doing obviously the performances are there these actors can all do what they're doing so the I bet you if this scene mattered in the rest of the movie it'd be good and it's just frustrating that clearly somebody has come in after the fact and cut it up and from what I understand it was mainly for length purposes and stuff but I uh I don't know it's weird 
it's just your classic case of like what could be a good movie, but studio interference seems to have ruined it. Mm. Great late '90s soundtrack, though, if you happen to enjoy music from <laughs> 1998. So I do remember the soundtrack being played very frequently at parties that I used to have in my apartment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all all sorts of like one hit wondery type bands from 1998 so um yeah so what else did I watch oh I watched the Netflix series Raising Dion have you guys heard of this one no I've seen a bit of it yeah apparently it's based on graphic novels it's basically single mom kid starts to show superheroes like super happy starts to have superpowers and they're trying to figure out why and everything it was okay it's extremely mediocre um it's one of those things that I think probably would have been considered good a few years ago but now there's so much content out there that you're just like uh I don't know if I can really recommend you take like eight hours of your time out to watch that but how how far into it are you I'm done oh I was getting ready to say, I'm trying to think of a way to say this that isn't spoilery. The the main villain is basically a, a whiny incel bitch. Yeah. And something about that just fucking irks me. I'm like, I don't want to fuck him. Like, I just don't care. <laughs> like, Well, yeah, and I mean, look, the whole twist of where the main villain uh, when they reveal the villain and all that is just it's not executed particularly well you know um I think I think the show is kind of maybe it's maybe a little late to the game like I think this idea of like a mom figuring out that her kid has powers and trying to figure out how to deal with and all that would have been interesting a few years ago and it's just not now because it's been done a few times there's also a lot of weird like little dropped things like so the characters are African American and there's a whole thing where the kid gets in trouble at school and like basically somebody has to sit this kid down and explain to him he got in trouble for being black like he didn't do anything wrong (laughs) but when you're a black kid in the fight you're going to get in trouble more than the white kid which is a perfectly valid point but they don't do a good job of editing it into the overall plot of the season or anything it's just kind of a thing that happens and I don't know it gets it, it feels awkward and clunky so I don't know I, I don't know yeah I, I, I kind of used that as a background show it took me a couple of weeks to get through the nine episodes or whatever and it was fine for that but I don't I can't say too much about it one of the main characters is played by John Ritter's kid, so ties into our main topic for the week. Sweet. Um, and yeah, after that I watched uh, Star Wars because I'm working towards Episode Nine, so I watched Episode Four this week, and the movie's pretty much perfect. I did watch it through Disney Plus, and apparently, if you watch it through Disney Plus, there's no way to get the opening crawl to be in English that I could find anyway. So, really, the opening crawl was in French. 
and I'm like checking the language and I'm like no it's all set to English uh, the rest of the movie's in English just the opening crawl was in French so god damn god damn was, it's in Canada I was fucking real lost cause how do you keep track of that movie if you don't have an opening crawl <laughs> I will say like for some reason watching it I was just I was blown away at how perfect it is I guess I forgot that it's just the way that they're able to set you into this existing universe and start telling a story that it it does feel like everything has been going on for a while and it does feel like everything's going to continue to go on afterwards and all the stuff with like like Vader and Obi-Wan it's like oh yeah you can really tell those guys have a history together even though the movie doesn't tell you what that history is really like it couple of lines of dialogue and then one you know mediocre sword fight but it's just it just really feels like it's part of something bigger even though it's a standalone movie with its own story that at the time wasn't part of anything else it's kind of fascinating how good it is so I don't know yeah I'd agree with that I think I think until next week this will be my favorite Star Wars movie so and then I'll let you guys know <laughs> let you guys know when I watch the, uh, the next one whether it hold, whether that still holds true or not it's <laughs> but yeah it, I, I will say that if, you, if if by some weird chance there's somebody listening to this that hasn't seen Star Wars in a while you should watch it it's a excellent excellent movie and I I, I don't know why I forgot how good it was Empire Strikes Back still the best one. We'll see. I told you, I'll tell you. We'll, we'll be discussing this next week. <laughs> but it's a. Uh, I don't know. It. The, the problem there's there's two problems with Empire, which one is that it's just not a great standalone movie, which is not. It's fine. It was never designed to be a standalone movie, so there's no reason why it should be. But th- that is an issue if you watch it on its own and then the other issue is I still don't understand the timeline because it seems like Luke's on Dagobah for months and everybody else is in Cloud City for like the weekend but yet somehow they meet up and everybody's just fine with that (laughs) and I'm sure there's a website somewhere that has the answer for me but I've never been able to quite understand what the timeline of the movie is Hmm. yeah I don't know I think the, I think it's one of those things where the movie's just so good that nobody wants to question it, so everyone just lets it go. Yeah, yeah. I guess I never really thought about it before. You got anything else? That is it for me. All right. <clears throat> so I watched a 1980s movie called The New Kids from 1985. Uh, this movie pretty much has everything from an 80s movie in it. Uh, yep. Workout montage. Uh, Tom Atkins. Uh, James Spader playing a douche in high school. Yep. Um, Tom Atkins' mustache. Tom Atkins' mustache. Uh, Aunt Becky. Um, so Tom Atkins is barely in the movie like the opening credits aren't even done and then he's dead already 
So he's like a army general, colonel. I don't know. I don't know what his rank is. But apparently he's getting he's going to be getting a medal for his work defusing like a hostage situation. So he goes to Washington, leaving his two kids at home uh, by themselves, who is uh, Aunt Becky and then some other, her older brother. And then apparently Tom Atkins and his wife die in a car accident on the way home. So they end up going to live with their uncle in Florida, who has his own... uh, has his own amusement park called Santa's Funland. Yep. And so they... This movie's great. <laughs> so they start uh, working there, and then he's like, yeah, we got you all set up over here. And basically, they're living in, like, a tin shack. Like, they're, the walls are all that, like, aluminum, like, tin siding that you would have, like, on a farm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and they're fucking living in Florida? Like, that place has got to be unbearable. Uh, so of course they don't fit in and it turns out there's like a local local group of ruffians led by James Spader that uh, doesn't like them because they're new and has a bet with a friend of his that they can uh, sleep with uh, Aunt Becky whoever does it first and so they try to hit on her she keeps turning him down and then uh, her you know brother steps in tells him to knock it off and then uh they start defacing the amusement park and yeah shit goes crazy by the end of the movie uh first time watch for me uh i picked it up like like for like seven dollars on amazon or something this is a mill creek release um but yeah i enjoyed it it was good i mean it's like i said it's pretty much everything you want in an 80s movie did you mention who directed it? Uh, who did direct it? It's from the director of uh, Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah, Sean Cunningham. That's that's why I watched it when I talked about it on the show months ago. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was a super fun movie, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's all completely ridiculous, but you just look at it yeah. and you're like... You shrug your shoulders like, eh, it was the 80s. What are you going to do? Exactly. It's it's a weird 80s logic of, like, things don't have to make sense. It's the same reason slashers are fun mm-hmm. when they're done well. It's just like, eh, it's, it's, it's not quite logical, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, so then after that, I got bored. And so I was like, well, let's see what's on Shudder. And I found the movie Blood Harvest. Specifically, the Joe, Joe Bob Briggs episode where he covered Blood Harvest. Uh, and Blood Harvest is a is a I guess you'd call it a slasher. Yeah, it's a slasher movie that also stars Tiny Tim dressed up like a clown throughout most of the movie and just being a weirdo. So, girl comes home from college doesn't understand why her parents aren't home and then of course her creepy uh creepy ex-boyfriend shows up she lets him know that she's she's engaged now and uh he's not happy about it and apparently tiny tim is his brother and all of her friends start getting killed off one by one 
Um, yeah, it's a weird movie. <laughs> it's a very weird movie. Makes no sense whatsoever. Um, the lead actress gets naked a lot, which is not horrible. Um, but yeah, it's very strange. But uh, watching it, the Joe Bob Briggs version is awesome because he just talks about how weird it is in between each segment. And then uh, he had the was it the, the Tiny Tim's biographer on, and they were just talking about Tiny Tim in general. And he asked him, like, uh, so what did Tiny Tim think of Blood Harvest? And his biographer is like, well, we can, uh, I can uh, tell you specifically by showing you this clip. And it's video footage of Tiny Tim at a party at his friend's house where they are watching uh, Joe Bob Briggs from his movie, movie channel show talking about blood harvest <laughs> and so it's basically tiny tim reacting to joe bob briggs talk about tiny tim in blood harvest and he's just going like oh yeah this guy's really important he's oh yeah this is fantastic and, you know joe bob rattling off like oh yeah this movie is based off of like ed gein or something and tiny tim's like how did he know that just being like amazed with joe bob's commentary it's such a weird video. So then Joe Bob starts getting weirded out because he's like, so essentially I'm watching Tiny Tim watch me watch Tiny Tim in Blood Harvest. He's like, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so weird movie. Only recommend the Joe Bob version because I don't know if I could sit through this as like a serious watch. It's such a weird movie. Well, Tiny Tim is inherently terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, they talk about... They talk about uh, how he always wanted to be in a horror movie, and then he was in this one, and then never in anything else. So strange. Um, and then... For the second time, I went and saw Doctor Sleep because more people need to be going to see this movie because it's fucking awesome. And everybody I went to see it with uh, thought it was amazing. So you're all a bunch of losers for not going to see this movie in theaters. Just letting you all know. Listen, Martin Scorsese was right. I'm just in it for the spectacle now. It's not a big enough spectacle for me to go to the there's, theaters. There's a lot of spectacle. You're going to miss out. I just haven't had time. I don't know why you're so not angry ex- with me about that. Not an excuse. I've seen it twice. You should make time to go see it once. Well, I had to watch the movies for the podcast. No. If you are uh, like, oh, I didn't watch any of the movies, I'd be like, damn it, Doug. And you're like, but I went and saw Doctor Sleep. I'd be like, okay, that's fair. I would have watched Dr. Sleep instead of Mom and Dad Save the World. As soon as I looked at the cast listing for Mom and Dad Save the World, I knew I'd like Dr. Sleep more. <laughs> I will say this. There's a, a thing going on on the internet where all of you people who like Dr. Sleep are like yelling at the rest of us for not seeing it. Yeah. But there's a whole other thing going on where there's a lot of people who don't like it. 
So like, I'm glad you're enjoying it. That's and they're fucking a stupid. Good thing, but not not everyone thinks it's great. Not everyone thinks I should be spending my time on it. Well, I do, and that's the most important uh, most important opinion in your life. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> you, you know what the truth is? I think I think part of the reason why I don't have much enthusiasm for it is I think it chapter two. I I think uh, it chapter one. I was finally like, oh okay, they're back to making uh, not shitty Stephen King stuff, and then like kind of fell off again. Yeah, but it's Michael Flanagan. He does awesome Stephen King adaptations. Me. Mm-hmm. I'll see it eventually. I think, yeah, take everything Noah just said, and I'll remind you I'm the one that saw the Pet Cemetery remake in theaters, and I think that might be why I'm not seeing this. <laughs> and again, I'm not actively avoiding it. It's just having three hours of free time, coincidentally, when the movie's playing, hasn't happened yet. John Lithgow. Sometimes that is better. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Alright, so what are we watching next week, Doug? Um, what did I pick? That was me that picked that, wasn't it? Oh yeah, since, uh, since next week is Thanksgiving, and since Thanksgiving usually happens on the main floor of the house... I thought we would uh, we would we would watch Don't Look in the Attic and Don't Look in the Basement. That is the worst setup ever. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, we because okay, the real reason is that we uh, have to do next week's show a little early because we usually record on Thursday nights, and those two movies are both on Tubi. Therefore, I know we can all access them easily, and nobody will have trouble finding them, and therefore we can watch them in a short turnaround time. Fair enough. I feel like there's some kind of a joke about don't look in the oven, don't look in the refrigerator. I, I don't I don't see that. I don't know that that joke exists. So I bet, it, I bet it's there. I bet it's got something to do with deviled eggs are for guests. I think I think it, the the joke is more like if you want to be able to get along with your family, you know, don't talk about politics, don't go looking for those secrets, you know, don't check what's in the attic, don't check what's in the basement. I think that's where the joke lies, but I don't know, I can't figure out a way to make it actually funny. <laughs> it's a whole goddamn crate of MAGA hats. <laughs> Why do you have these? Oh, he's upset about that. Don't look in the basement. That'll be the conversation. Like, oh, look how upset he is about what he found in the attic. Don't look in the basement for sure. <laughs> All right. Um, so look forward to that next week. Uh, since we're getting ready to talk about the Mandalorian, and I realized that I forgot that we actually had a piece of voicemail, or not voicemail, <laughs> piece of uh, piece of email, uh, which the subject line is the Mandalorian from our good buddy Kent in Terre Haute. So you did not forget you saved it for when we were going to discuss. Yeah, totally. Totally. If if he says anything bad about the Mandalorian, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> um, well, here we go. Uh, I said, hey guys, I'm writing this without a plan, so pardon the scattered thoughts. 
have you watched the first episode of The Mandalorian? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Pretty sweet, yes. right? Question mark. Yes. <laughs> so far, so good. Uh, he said, end, end of email. <laughs> said, but, but was I the only one hearing this when the final fight broke out? Which he tapped uh, a clip of says Miss Miss New Booty by Bubba Sparks. I don't know. I, I didn't click on. I don't know how we're supposed to insert this into into this conversation. Um, well, yeah, the key would have been for us all to listen to it beforehand. Yeah, but. and I would have known what he's talking about. I've already forgotten what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode. So Miss, Miss New Booty. I don't know. Uh, he says, I'm enjoying the casting choices so far. Hopefully to see more familiar faces. Uh, also, Lizzie Kaplan is killing it on Castle Rock. Great performance, which I will agree with. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan is playing Annie Wilkes on this season of Castle Rock. And she's done an awesome job of tailoring some of her physical movements to Kathy Bates from Misery. And, uh, yeah, she's doing a fantastic job. Uh, any plans to watch Blood Freak and or Thanksgiving this year? So on either one of your uh, watch lists? No, it's not even Thanksgiving for me, so I can't watch those movies. <laughs> okay. I was going to watch Blood Freak on the real Thanksgiving, but I forgot to. Mm. Speaking of which, Doug... How do Canadians get anything accomplished in winter? It's bad enough in Indiana, but I just imagine you all having to chisel a trail out of your houses with an ice pick. Anyway, hope you all have a happy turkey day. Gobble, gobble, motherfuckers. Ket. So how do you get out of your house in the winter, Doug? I do not own an ice pick, but I have several shovels right outside the front door that I <laughs> have to keep there just in case. Oftentimes you shovel and then you go to work and then you come home and you shovel again. Oh, do you just have one at the end of your driveway? In case you got to shovel into your driveway? Uh, no, but I have had to park and then like trudge through the snow up to the house and get a shovel and go back to my car so I can dig my way into the driveway. That's always fun. Ugh. Bad and times. then you, as, as soon as you finish shoveling, then the plow comes by, and then you got to go shovel the end of your driveway again. <laughs> the plow always blocks you in. Sons of bitches. Yeah, you uh, get health care. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Uh, all right, so Mandalorian. This is the first time Noah gets to talk about it. Yeah. So Noah, what did you think of the Mandalorian? It's so good. All right, thanks uh, everybody. Uh, thanks for checking it out. <laughs> I don't know. I like I said. I, I think it's interesting the way they're like playing with genres and stuff. So episode one is was basically a Clint Eastwood man with no name, uh, mm -hmm. man in black slash western. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, right down to the the impossible shootout at the end of the movie. You know what I mean? Uh, and then episode two is obviously a lone wolf and cub film, which is more like a samurai film. And I don't some, something about that, and in, in the fact that it flows from one to the next, even though it's a different 
they're playing with different genre tropes and stuff, and it still all works. Yeah, but didn't they say basically westerns were just American samurai movies anyway? Well, they are. Yeah. yeah. That works. What I like about the show is that it works on the level you're discussing it on, and it also works on people are just watching it and picking up on, like, the fun cameos and the Indiana Jones references and stuff like that. <laughs> so. I, I will tell you this. We've got through two episodes, and he hasn't taken the helmet off, and that makes me so fucking happy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I just, if he ever takes the helmet off, I might lose interest in the show and go watch it. <laughs> I need mm-hmm. him to never take the helmet off. Ever. Yeah, the smart play is just never take the helmet off. Right. We'll see how if Disney lets that happen. And I like the I like the fact that they're very slowly kind of introducing this new uh, Mandalorian lore that they're kind of tacking in. Because mm. God God knows what the fuck it is now. Because that can be. It, I don't know if you guys know this about Mandalorians, but the canon is real fucked up. Like. <laughs> because they were in some of the books and then they decided well I don't like that and then they were in some other stuff and then they decided I don't like that and then they introduced some shit in the TV shows the the like rebels and all that in which that's all fucking dumb but now they're doing this version and this version seems to be better yeah yeah I don't really know that much about the Mandalorians like Amanda was asking asking me before like we started watching it she's like okay so what are the Mandalorians and I just sat and thought about it I'm like you know what I don't think I really know I know Boba Fett and that's about it so important thing Boba Fett not a Mandalorian yeah he stole his his armor armor, yeah yeah his armor is Mandalorian armor but he is not a Mandalorian Hmm. uh in the in the older canon stuff in the comic books and stuff the mandalorians are aren't a race exactly mm-hmm. you know what i mean they're not like a species instead they're more like a culture so anybody can like get infused into their society and become one kind of mm-hmm. although generally it's only children like adults don't usually become Mandalorians <laughs> but it's it's hard to it, it's real hard to explain because it's got to do with like honorable combat and a lot of weird hierarchy stuff and, and it's all real vague you know what I mean yeah. they like to keep it vague so that you're always kind of guessing but you know their leader is always called Mandalore mm. <laughs> See, I think I told her that from the best of my ability to, you know, put it all together that, uh, like, the, like uh, Viking culture was similar. Like, that's what popped into my head to compare it to. Kind of. But even, yeah. I'm like, it's not, yeah, I like what you said. I'm like, it's, it's not, they're not like a race. They're not like a religion per se. But yeah, I see, like, I I would call it I would call it a religion. I would mm-hmm. just say it's not a uh, deistic religion. It's more like a, yeah, like yeah, Buddhism. I, I, if Buddhists were really, really, really into armor and weapons, yeah. Well, I, I was more thinking like it's more than a religion. 
Like it's not just like what we would think of a religion. There's like all this other, like you were talking about, sort of tribal aspect to a bunch of it. Yeah, essentially. And if depending on what's canon, and which once again we don't know what's canon, although they did reference that there aren't a lot of Mandalorians left in the in the old canon stuff, their home world was destroyed. Like Mandal- Mandalorian society was completely essentially wiped out and so one of one of the rumors is what they're doing is so these people aren't actual Mandalorians they're like a new group who has adopted Mandalorian stuff and are rebuilding it hmm. which would explain any differences and stuff but yeah well we'll see that the first episode whenever he gets the 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 Bacar steel, and, and the first thing they do is make him a new single pauldron out of it. I was like, that is the fucking best thing. Because that shit's like, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like uh, in the movies, we've never actually got to see a Jedi construct their lightsaber. Yeah. Which is a big thing in the comic books, in the, the legend canon stuff. And, and in this, you know, you do get to you. That's kind of what it is for a Mandalorian to to get a piece of you know, Bakar steel fucking armor is is a big deal. Hmm. Nerd shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about. Uh, a super powerful baby Yoda. I, yeah. I kind of liked it better whenever it was just a weird little baby Yoda before they made it into a Jedi baby Yoda. Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, he's 50, so... Yeah. Right. Well, and it... You know, we don't really... We don't know how powerful it is, right? It was able to use the Force in a moment of extreme tension but we don't know how, how much control it has and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, and then it passed out for like two days. Yeah, as a parent, watching the baby sleep for two days really made me jealous. I was like, oh. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you this. Somewhere, George Lucas is in a room screaming and throwing stuff at a wall because he never, ever, 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 ever wanted them to do anything about Yoda's species. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that. Because he's... Like, they've been calling him and asking him questions about stuff. And I think he's maybe got... You know, not that he has a lot of control anymore, but I bet he gets some say in stuff. And I don't know. I don't know. I think everyone... Uh, I think everyone thinks too much about what about George Lucas. I think he's... I guess, like... I was going to say, his, historically, some of the stories about him reacting to stuff with other people using the Yoda species in things has been pretty epic. Yeah, but that was also when he was running this whole thing, right? And you're the right, boss. Right. Well, I think the whole reason why they're doing it is he doesn't have control anymore. Yeah. Because there's like, if when you watch Star Wars through... Disney Plus, it's been re-edited again. And apparently that was George Lucas. He did the extra couple of little tiny edits before he turned the movie over to Disney. <laughs> and that's 
what you just said that the rumor I've heard is that basically that's why he did it was to piss people off because he's like it's just one last chance on my way out the door just stick it to the internet nerds who are going to badmouth me all the time because none of the changes that I've known I, matter I was going to say I don't I don't think there is a filmmaker that I have less respect for than George Lucas in his never-ending tinkering and then insisting that no one ever see the older versions of the film ever again. Like, Yui, Yui fucking Bull has more fucking uh, respect as a filmmaker. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Absolutely not. I, I'm 100% serious. He's a fucking hypocrite, and he's kind of a piece of shit. I'm glad he made the movies he made, but George Lucas can eat a bag of dicks. Okay. You don't need to call him a piece of shit. He has agreed to donate his Disney money to charity, and he does build fucking affordable okay. housing right next to rich people neighborhoods just to piss the rich people off. I, and... I will amend my statement. He's a charitable piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know. I because I I agree with your frustration about the older versions not being made available. I don't understand the logic behind that. But other than that, I don't. I, I, I think you're overreacting to everything. Like all the special edition stuff, I know people get frustrated by it. I don't know. Lots of no artist ever looks at their work and considers it done. I think most writers, if they had a chance to re-release their book, would make some changes. I think most filmmakers would do it. He just has the opportunity and the control to do it. Right, but but how many of them would release the new version and then order all of the older version burned? and then tell everyone they can never look at the old version again. Yeah, no, and I agree. That part's frustrating to me. That's, that's what I'm saying. And it's not just that. And it's the fact that every time somebody brings it up and that that he's he's just a fucking dick about it. And he, and he almost – now he almost does stuff out of pure spite because people told him they don't appreciate him doing that. Yeah, no, I think that's why he does it. But I don't know we're all spiteful people it's kind of a natural human instinct and when you're in a powerful position you get to be more spiteful Spielberg's on the list next if that motherfucker doesn't get away from Indiana Jones in a hurry I'm, I'm sure he's shaking in his boots about your opinion of him dropping so he should hey remember Mandalorian the thing we all said we really liked yeah it's so good yeah, let's no, talk about that. Being all neg- <laughs> angry thing you remember? You remember whenever he attacked the Sandcrawler and he and he fucked up all the fucking Jawas? Yep. You know, my only complaint about that episode is he didn't kill more Jawas. A little anti-Jawa rhetoric coming from I am. I'm a little uh, anti-Jawa. You didn't appreciate I, that they made him risk his life to go get a furry egg just so they could break it open and eat it in front of him, <laughs> right? Apparently it's a tasty egg. What are you going to do? Uh, and with the weird yellow sludge in the egg, did, uh, was that a fucking phantasm reference? I don't think so. You don't think so? Because I was like, just just because of it being the solid mustard yellow paste and then, you know, the little people in the brown robes and I don't know. It was very phantasm-y to me. It might have been. Just looked very yokey. Him fighting, him fighting that big fucking uh, mega rhinoceros or whatever the fuck it was, <laughs> so fucking awesome. It was ridiculous. 
especially the fact that it was just beating the shit out of him. Yeah. I liked that in the second episode, because the first episode, he's kind of this superhero character, and I like that they brought him down a peg, you know. Hmm. Sure, you can kill a a Jawa, but you get enough Jawas together, they can stop him. And, you know, similarly, he can't fight a giant rhino thing without getting the shit kicked out of him. I thought those were those were right decisions. Here's here's the question. Do you guys think season one is going to end with the appearance of IG-88? I don't know. I don't see any reason why it would, but maybe. I don't see. I think IG-11 was foreshadowing. You just think there'll be different IG units showing up until we get to 88? <laughs> no, I don't necessarily think other ones are going to show up, but I think that whenever everybody saw the trailer, that's where everybody's mind went, is that it was going to be IG-88, because he's kind of the end-all, be-all of assassin droids. And I don't. I feel like what what a better fucking enemy to put up against this guy who's kind of, you know, a stone-cold badass than to have a very literally stone-cold badass coming after him. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I was kind of hoping for Bosk, personally, but I don't, I don't think we're going to see that. I mean, I think they're leaving themselves open for him to run into a bunch of other characters. Whatever they feel like doing over the next several episodes. Trust me, at this point, whatever they're planning on doing, I'm completely down for. So, right. Initiating self-destruct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, d- I do have to say, I think episode two was basically a filler episode. Like, plot-wise, not a lot advanced. And I think maybe it really felt like episodes one and two were one big long episode, and they're like, eh, just make it into two so that we can have... Maybe maybe because they thought the length was better, or maybe they whatever, you know. You don't you don't think as much plot advanced in the second episode as the first episode, right? Because I was going to say the first episode, the only two pieces of plot advancement was gets a bounty, finds a baby Yoda. Other than that, it's all yeah. But I mean, it was the it was the introduction of the character. It was you know all that second episode was pretty much my ship got wrecked put my ship back together leave so I wouldn't be surprised if that was written as one big long episode and they didn't want to make it the full hour long or whatever and maybe they added in some stuff to stretch it into two but I enjoyed both episodes I'm not complaining about it if that's what Mm -hmm. filler looks like then I'm fine with it I just I man I love the fuck that he just kills motherfuckers (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah we, we talked about this last week when you weren't here but I love that in the Star Wars universe it's just okay to kill anyone who's not a main character and that's just fine like you just do that even though these are like kid friendly shows because even in like I started watching the Rebels cartoon and even in that they're just like killing motherfuckers all the time oh yeah and yeah throwing people off cliffs and shit great yeah like there's one like it's like season one episode two of Rebels there's a scene where like there's a fight scene and the one like head bad guy is hanging and there's a stormtrooper like hanging beside him and the stormtrooper says something he doesn't like and he just kicks him in the face and knocks him off like whatever building they're hanging from <laughs> and you're just like this is a kid's cartoon eh like it says TV7 in the ratings area 
I explained that episode one. He cuts that dude in half with that door. Yeah. Yeah. It, and that's not the guy he's after. Like that's just a guy who's there coincidentally. But again, if you're not a main character in Star Wars, you can just die. If this were Star Trek, they would just be distributing so many red shirts to just so many people <laughs> all the time. I just, I think, I think Disney was smart because it's basically Disney doing a show where they're like, listen, this is the streaming service. We're not doing it for like adult adult content, but we can push that envelope pretty fucking hard. Yeah. Well, and I think the thing that people love about the Mandalorian is that it just it feels like Star Wars again and mm-hmm. you have to kind of use a 70s sentimentality to get back to that original feel that's what people want right people want it to feel like Star Wars and therefore you can't can't kind of Disneyfy it to try to make it you know politically correct and have no death and reduce the violence it, if you do that people are going to say it's not Star Wars Yeah, I will say the one, the one thing I'm a little disappointed with, but but it's not like it's I'm griping about it, but uh, is them giving the little tiny uh, mini Yoda force powers because I was kind of hoping this show was going to be a okay, well here's the Star Wars universe and let's tell this really really engaging story that doesn't all revolve around. A force user, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, he had like what they did force powers. Yeah, he had his force powers a little bit, and then he had to sleep for two days. So now they're gone again until maybe the climax of the season or whatever. Because even mm-hmm. Rogue One, like, yeah, they they didn't have Jedi in it, but they had force users in it. They were there. Right, but but it didn't. The, the whole story did not revolve around that. Is what I'm saying. Correct. And, and, and now, be, because it's... of this, this story does revolve around a force user. Not not his use of the force, but but the fact that there is a little. It's he's essentially a Jedi baby monkey, like <laughs> protect the Jedi baby monkey. It was pretty awesome seeing him eat a frog. <laughs> yeah, yep. spit it out. That's fantastic. There's a, <laughs> once again ra- random stuff that you guys probably don't care about, but they make references to that in the comic books. That apparently all of the other Jedi were always disgusted by the things Yoda would eat. Like it never tells you; it never specifically says what his diet was, but they all described it as disgusting. Well, it's it's one of those fun things when you have a species interacting with other species is yeah of course they're going to have different habits oh it's so good (laughs) I do you know what I just gotta say I love the fact that there's Star Wars stuff out there now that's kind of like universally loved because it's it's just more fun to be a Star Wars fan when everybody likes it than it is when people don't like it. Mm. Well, yeah, especially since the last stuff's been kind of I would call it spotty at best. 
Yeah, with, the except, it. with the exception of Rogue One, I think Rogue One was like a fucking slam dunk. But, but no, but every, like, everything like, else, man. like a like a lot of people loved Episode Seven. Think it's the best thing ever. Some people don't. Some people think it was too much for retread and all that stuff. Like, it, it's it's not. I'm not so much saying that I'm glad that the Star Wars is back because I like this so much better than I like the other things. I've liked almost everything that's happened, but. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad that it's universally accepted so I don't I can fucking log into Facebook and not have to be in an, and right away into an argument with somebody about it it's just yeah no I agree yeah I, I can honestly say I don't think I've seen a single person say they don't like this this uh show yet I honestly think the comments you've made tonight are the most negative comments I've heard about this show <laughs> <laughs> And I see, and I don't even think they're negative. They're just observations. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe stuff that if if I was God, I would change. But that doesn't make it any less good. Well, again, that's the most negative thing I've heard, and that makes me feel happy. Now, next week, fifty percent of the people on my Facebook feed gonna hate the show just to piss me off. <laughs> Probably, there's gotta you know you know what the the only bad thing about watching a show that's coming out of the gate so hot, eventually there has to be a bad episode. It's true. <laughs> and none of us and none of us know when it's gonna happen. It could be the next episode, or it could be two seasons from now. We don't know. But it's gonna happen, and you're gonna be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> It is good to know, too, that something you end up enjoying this much, that they're already filming season two right now. Yeah. We'll see. I don't... I'm hoping that season one isn't doesn't end on a cliffhanger. I don't... Especially because this is the first, like, original series on Disney+. Plus. Because Netflix is bad for that, and I, I hope they don't do that here. I hope that they're not going to get caught up in that. I would like them to do some kind of maybe overplot that could span a couple seasons, but if if they just did it where each season is a contract, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just him resolving that con- kind of like what they do with uh, BBC shows, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where their stuff carries over, but it's all self-contained. Yeah, I think you want the seasons to be self-contained, but... I have no problem with there being like recurring characters from season to season or something that happened in the past season kind of comes back to haunt him in the new season, that kind of stuff. You just want your main plot line resolved at the end of the season. I just, I just want to see him kill a bunch of stuff. That's all. I know. <laughs> if he just travels planet to planet and kills a new thing that we recognize from a previous movie every time. Right. Next next week, fighting a rancor. Yep. Was, so was I the only one? I know this is a fucked up, weird, stupid thing, but uh, he's on the desert planet, and you see that cave he's going into, and, you know, there's bones and stuff. And for a second I was going, is he going into the Sarlacc's butt? <laughs> is, that what, oh, Lord. is that what this is? Is this the Sarlacc's butthole? <laughs> like five miles away? So- to answer the question you started with, yes, you were the only one. I don't think so. 
I bet there was at least two other people <laughs> who went. God, I hope that's not a Sarlax bottle. <laughs> so if you uh, if you're at home and you're listening to this and you're one of those other two people, email in and let us know so that we can block your email address so we never have to hear from you again. <laughs> you can just email in to let me know that like there are other people who have those random thoughts. <laughs> Sarlacc, but Jesus Christ! Well, it was because I was looking. I was looking at the cave opening, and it looked kind of organic, kind of like the uh, the tunnel that they they fight the the uh, Minox and stuff in in episode four. And and then oh, as he fuck. goes in, it's kind of swampy, and there's a bunch of bones and stuff. And I was like, "This is a Sarlacc butt." <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going on here. He's 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 giving the, checking the old Sarlax prostate. This is weird. All right, we should have ended the show a while ago. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus